Romans chapter 5, if you have a Bible, uh, we'll have the verses on the screen as well. Uh, there's a Bible in the pews if you want to do that or turn yours a click, whatever works best for you. Uh, but we have been in a series um, over the last two months, this is the last Sunday within it, where we've been talking about next steps. A uh, person begins following Jesus, okay, what are the next steps in that? What are different habits that we need to develop um, in order to thrive in that relationship? And God has given us very specific things in his word uh, to implement, to practice, uh, to incorporate into our lives, to strengthen that relationship with him. And we've talked about um, reminding ourselves of our identity in him. We've talked about engaging scripture. We've talked about hosp hospitality. We've talked about sharing our story. We've talked about how we're steward and are generous with our resources. Um, and then today we're going to end with one last one here as we talk about gratitude. Uh, before we do that, let's pray together, and then we'll jump into what God has for us today. Uh, God, you are so good, and we are grateful to be in your presence together. Um, as reminded this week, just to be thankful and to be uh, full of gratitude for all the blessings that you've given to us, this life that you've given to us. I pray that it's a reminder to not feel these things just this weekend. Uh, and even as we go into your word today, this morning, God, help us to uh, become people of gratitude, to be people full of thanksgiving, uh, just to see uh, how you guide our lives and provide for us. We do pray for those in our community who are sick, pray for your uh, healing touch, pray for strength. Pray you'll be with them. For those who are traveling, pray that you would keep them safe. Uh, but be with us this morning. Remind us that you are here because aware of your presence. Spirit, move in this place, wherever we're watching. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm sure at some point you've timed how long you can hold your breath. I'm not going to ask you what that is. Maybe for some of you it's 30 seconds, maybe it's 45, maybe you can get up to um, a minute or two. I can probably get up to around a minute, but I can't go further than that. Um, I'm going to blame it on having COVID twice over the last uh, year and a half, but you know, that's just what it is. Uh, the world record is 24 minutes which is crazy. I mean, literally watching a sitcom uh, without the commercials and held his breath through the whole thing. Um, that did, I'm giving correlation. That's not what he was doing while he was doing it. Um, whether you fall into the range of 30 seconds or 24 minutes, none of us can do that forever. We have to breathe. We have to breathe. That's the duh of the morning. When we exercise, we need to breathe more frequent. When we relax, we breathe less frequent, but still consistent, consistent and necessary. When someone is frantic or spazzing, what do we say? Okay, take a breath, slow down, breathe. Um, when, some, when a woman is giving birth, what is she told? Remember to breathe, remember to breathe, watch your breathing. Studies show benefits of deep breathing, and they include including a positive impact on managing stress, managing anxiety, that deep breathing is good for blood pressure, heart rate, and can help brain activity. Um, just me saying that I'm sure one or two of you is sitting there going, look up the breathing exercises later, but apparently that's all true. Um, it's the one thing you can do at any time, at any place, and it's all, it's all the thing that we need to do. It's the one thing that we need to do at, in every place and at every time. We have to breathe. Now, to clarify, we're not going to be talking about those breathing techniques today. I say all of this because I want you to think about this. Thankfulness is like breathing in the Christian life. Gratitude, to be thankful. Thankfulness is like breathing in the Christian life. Thankfulness is like breathing. If you look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 
16 to 18, it says this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In this really short verse at the end of this New Testament letter to the church in the Thessaloniki, there's three, Paul gives these three quick actions. He says, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. To rejoice, to, to find joy in the Lord, praising him. To rejoice is a heart check. Am I finding joy in the Lord or am I finding joy in something else? To pray, to pray is to call out to God. It's to attune my heart to him. We think about somebody kneeling down in prayer, talking to God. And it's another type of a heart check. Am I trusting myself or am I trusting in the Lord? But then it says give thanks, gratitude toward God. Again, another heart check to give, to be grateful is, am I responding to life based on who God is or based on how life is? And so it gives us these three different actions, these three different heart checks, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. But it gives them in three different time frames, always, without ceasing, in all circumstances. Always, in every minute of the day, without ceasing, in every activity of your life, and in all circumstances, on every inch of the earth. This, it tells us to do all these things all the time, everywhere. Now this is, and on account of that, this is one of the verses in the Bible that we can get tripped up on a little, little bit. Does this mean that I'm supposed to be singing every minute of the day, kneeling in prayer every minute, writing thank you cards every minute of the day? Just endless, raising my hands, kneeling, and uh, giving uh, hugs of gratitude? How can we do all of them at the same time, let alone everything else in my life? Well, the we need to think about what this text is saying and why it's saying it. But think about it. How can I constantly be doing these things in every minute of my life, in every aspect of my life? Well, what's the other thing that we do like that? Breathing. And that's why I say when we think about breathing in the Christian life, something that we can do in all places at all times, thankfulness is like breathing. Rejoicing, praying, and thank thankfulness are the deep breaths of our Christian life. Like deep breathing exercises where someone is focusing on the discipline, at some points I have to stop and take focused times of rejoicing and prayer and thankfulness. I'm intent in those moments. But then normally I just am taking a breath. I take it in and I let it out. And I'm just thinking, uh, sometimes I'm more exerted and need to breathe more, Sometimes it's the opposite. But to have a disposition of finding joy in God, a disposition of attuning my heart to God, a disposition of giving thanks to God, what Scripture is telling us is that should happen as natural as breathing. Sometimes life is more difficult. Sometimes it's more strenuous. And I have to rejoice, pray, and thank God more. Sometimes it's life is more relaxed and a, and a little less stressful. But that doesn't mean I stop rejoicing, praying, and being thank, th thankful. Because it's never meant to stop. It's a constant, always, without ceasing, in all thanks. And maybe for some people, that's why life can get overwhelming or feel overwhelming. You're holding your breath too much. You're intentionally holding your breath, and that's having it a negative. You're not breathing the way you should, 
And that's having a negative effect on your life. When I was in high school, uh, I was at a friend's house, and um, his sister had a friend over, and this friend would try to hold her breath to intentionally make herself pass out. It was the stupidest thing in the entire world. But she did it. And it was one of those, like, why are you doing that? Why are you intentionally making yourself pass out? And we can look at her and go, well, that's silly. That's crazy. Why would you do that? But what Scripture is telling us is that if we're not rejoicing, not praying, not being thankful, it has almost the same effect on us. If we're not breathing, if we're not naturally doing these things, if we're holding back from doing those things, that's going to put stress and derail who we are on our outlook on life and who we are before the Lord. Maybe we're not engaging these things. Maybe you're breathing too frantic. You're going through life and something's in the middle of stress and you're trying to cram all of these things in into this one moment. Um, sometimes, you know, when my kids were really little, they would get worked up and it would be like, dad, 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 dad. Okay, calm down, calm, slow, slow. They're so worked up that they're breathing so much that they're trying to catch their breath in that moment. Sometimes when life gets stressed and life gets panic, uh, difficult, life gets challenging, and we start praying, rejoicing, and thanking all in that moment because we have it in a long time. And we think if we cram all this up in this moment, it'll fix the moment that we're in. But that's not what rejoicing, praying, and thanksgiving is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be just a natural part of who we are. It's supposed to be a natural disposition of who we are before the Lord. We're supposed to be rejoicing, praying, being thankful, rejoicing, praying, being thankful, and those things just coming out of us as naturally as breathing. And so we need to be in tune with these things. Come January, we're going to be doing um, a series on prayer, like we do every year here at New Life. And so we're going to focus on rejoicing and praying. Then a little bit more, I'm going to be focusing today on thankfulness and the exercise of breathing thankfulness. Again, not we need to focus on all three for today, as we think about next steps and the weekend, um, we're going to focus on thankfulness. And so what does it mean to be thankful? Thankful, to be thankful, thankfulness is a response. It is a response of gratitude or, and praise for someone who has done something, for someone who is or for what they've done. Someone does something nice to you, somebody blesses you, somebody does, uh, is kind, whatever that might be. What do we do? We speak and we react. Some, sometimes it's really big, thank you, and we want to give really big hugs. Sometimes it's a small thing, and we give like the head nod, and thanks, man. But if somebody does something, somebody, whether it's in through word or tangible action, but somebody does something to us in our life as a presence in our life, and we respond by reacting, speaking and reacting. Thank you, some type of reaction. Um, thankfulness is always a response, though. It cannot be contained. Thankfulness comes out, and we have to articulate the, who the person is and what they've done. Thankfulness is part of our identity in Christ. It's part of our DNA, and why we're talking about this as a next step in our faith. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, be, be filled with the Spirit. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. 
And then Colossians 3, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The way that scriptures talk about a person following Jesus, being thankful is part of that description. Tell me what, tell me what Jesus followers are like. Man, they're always just so thankful. They're just always have so much gratitude for life and for God and for what he's doing. They are people full of thankfulness. That's how we're supposed to be defined. That's how we're supposed to be. One of the ways we're supposed to be known as Jesus followers. And this identity of bursting thanks that we're supposed to have is directed to God because of God. We ought to constantly be bursting with gratitude for who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. We ought to be constantly bursting with praise for who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. When we think of the fact that he came to earth to live amongst us, to live a perfect life, to die for us, provide redemption, this should cause us to be thankful, to respond with thankfulness. When we think of his ongoing care and his work in our lives, his watching over us, providing for us, guiding for us, providing community for us, his faithfulness to work things out for our good, these things and more should make us abound in praise and gratitude, bursting in thanks for who God is and what he's done. And so here's the sobering thought when we think about thankfulness. A lack of gratitude is characteristic of somebody rejecting God. It says in Ephesians 5, Let there be no filth, filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. The person that is following Jesus should not be characterized by their crass and crude humor. They should be known for the thankfulness that comes out of their mouths. It says in Romans 1, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So talking about those who have rejected God, did you hear the correlation there? They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. If you truly know who God is and truly honor him, thankfulness is going to be seen. Because the only way to true, if you, a true understanding of the reality of God is going to result in thankfulness because you see who he is and what he's done and what, and what he's doing. The opposite of thankfulness is a heart of despair, anxiety, foolish talk, and an irresponsible negative attitude. These, are, these come from a not life not living for the Lord. This is why being thankful is central to our faith. Because he has given us so much to be grateful for and to praise him for. Seeing thankfulness as breathing as part of our identity in Jesus also keeps us from having wrong expectations in life or worse, an entitlement attitude. The way that pagan society worked during this time when these letters were written, that they believed, some people believed in pagan gods and other gods. And they were the supreme benefactors of people. The gods would offer favor, they would provide, you want stuff, here's some stuff. But those who received the bounty, they were obligated to give and to show thanks. Verbal praise, gifts, sacrifices. 
mainly to keep the relationship in order, to make sure that there was a sense of hope that they're not going to continue to bless me if I'm not giving thanks. And so it was purely a, because you did something for me, or because you gave me something, I'm doing something for you, I'm blessing you, I'm taking care of you, they would say that the gods are doing all of these things because we're basically paying them to. We're giving thanks, we're giving sacrifice, we're doing stuff, they're going to give us stuff. So it was constantly a business transaction. It was constantly divine vending machines all the time. I'm putting effort in, I'm getting provision out. I'm putting stuff in, I'm getting blessing out. If people were told to be thankful then, they would be asked, well, why should I? What have they done for me? Paul tells us here that with God, we don't have to ask, what have you done for me lately? That that's the wrong way. The pagan way is the wrong way of thinking about God. Thankfulness isn't based on how much of my Christmas list I received. If my prayers were answered exactly the way I asked them, it isn't based on the size of my checkbook balance or anything else like that. Thankfulness isn't about what did I get, it's about who God is. We are to be thankful to God in all circumstances, regardless of whether we were on the receiving end of help or goods, or if, if exactly how we want things to be is happening. Often we set up a false expectation on God, claiming promises that he never made. To be more thankful, we need to be more thankful when we receive and when we don't. Be thankful, being grateful at all times, regardless of what's happening. Which, this is where the major clarification comes in. The Bible tells us to be thankful in all circumstances, not necessarily for all circumstances. Abuse of any kind is not something that God would ever will. An extreme example, yes, but because the point has to be made. An evil act, an evil acts are things that God hates. So he's not going to cause these things in our lives, and then tell us to be thankful for them. That goes against the very nature of his character. I may not be thankful for job loss or job scarcity. I may not be thankful for a diagnosis. I might not be thankful for an offer not going through. I might not be thankful for a death. I might not be thankful for words being spoken. But in the midst of those situations, I can be thankful that God is in control. In the, in the situation, I can be thankful that God can restore and reuse any situation for good. In a situation, I can be thankful that even if this is something I can't handle, I'm not alone because God is with me and he has placed me in community. There, there are things that we will never be thankful for, but we can be thankful in them because God is with us, we are not alone, and he can make even the worst of things into things of beauty. Ernest Best says this, no matter what the circumstance, persecution, sickness, whatever it is, the Christian ought to be able to give thanks to God. Not, of course, for the difficult circumstances, but for his salvation through Christ. And when he is able to do this, then he also is strengthened to endure what is difficult. Thankfulness is responding to situations not based on how difficult and painful they are, but how good God is and how faithful he is in keeping his promises. That's, the, that's why thankfulness is so important. It's because if thankfulness was based on our circumstances and based on how life is going, 
there would be so much that we don't have thankful for. This is the power of faith, and it's the power of our relationship with God in what Jesus has done, is that in the midst of even the most worst of things, we can have hope. Even in the most difficult of situations, we can know joy. Even when things don't make any sense, we can have peace. Because the, who we are in him transcends all of our circumstances, the now. We have peace, joy, and hope in all things. And because of that, we can be grateful. So thankfulness is like breathing. It goes, it's because of who God is and what he's done, not the circumstances we find or what others have done for us. Like moments of focused, deep breathing helps us have healthier breathing later. Our moments together on Sundays and midweek when we have life groups, these are meant to help us, to help us catch our breath help us to be reminded of who we are, to help us remember what we have to be grateful for. And that's why, and I've said this, I said it earlier when we prayed, I think I said it last Sunday, is that Thanksgiving is a great time of year to remind us to be thankful. But it should also be a reminder to Christians that we have so much to be thankful for 365 days a year. Um, it isn't that we don't want to be thankful during this time, it's we want to use this time to how things always should be. We should always be thankful. We should always be grateful. It should be how we breathe on a daily basis. And so what are different things that we can be thankful for? First off and foremost, we can be thankful for God. It says in Psalm 7, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. Psalm 28 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield, and him my heart tr trusts. And I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. Psalm 75 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. And Psalm 106, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? We think about those last two verses especially. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare his praise? In Psalm 75, we recount the wondrous deeds. This should be part of our regular rhythm. Thanking God for his grace. Thanking God for his mercy. Thanking God for forgiveness. Thanking God that we're not alone. Thanking God for salvation. Thanking God for his protection. Thanking God for the fact that we have hope in the future. With the more and more we in tune with the reality of who God is, that gives us an outlook on how we live our lives. And so I would challenge you. We've been giving different challenges for this series. I would just challenge you at some point, whether it's later today, at some point this week, stop and just list all the things about God specifically you can be grateful for. We need to have that reminder Sometimes we get so disconnected from the reality of faith and community and what it means to follow Jesus simply because we're not grateful. And go back to the Romans passage. If we're not grateful, it's because we're, we've lost the reality of who God is and what it means to honor him. We miss the reality of all he's done and what he keeps doing. What, do you, how, what are you grateful for about God. And whatever that is, write that down and remind yourself. We can be thankful for the Lord. 
Second thing we can be thankful for is we can be thankful for others. Paul said in Romans 16, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. See, he says to the church in Philippi in Philippians 1.3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. We need to be communicating to people that we're grateful that they're in our lives. We need to be communicating to people that we're grateful for how they, God has used them in our lives. Um, sometimes there's different people in this community, in your life, people that you're connected with where we, we don't know everything that they're carrying. We don't know all that they're going through. Some do, but we might not. But I can tell you this, whatever anybody's going through, to hear from somebody else in their life to say, you know what, I just want you to know I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful that you're in my life. That is going to be wind in that person's sails for weeks. We need to not only communicate our thankfulness to God because that helps us have a perspective of who he is and reminds us of all he's done, but we need to be thankful for others because we need to be grateful for how God has made us not alone in this world. I would say that even the, again, heart check for ourselves when we are not grateful for the people that we are in community with, not only does that create a disconnect with the community, but it skews how we see other people. We start becoming less forgiving and less gracious, uh, more less um, into empathetic to what people are going through because we're, not, we're disconnected from them. But gratefulness helps create those connections. And so... Again, first challenge, list out all the things about God that you can be grateful for. But the second thing is this, is who comes to mind that you just need to let them know that you're grateful for them? Who comes to mind that you just need to let them know that you're grateful for them? Whoever came to mind right now, you should take out your phone and text them right now. Or you should write it down to do it later. Because whoever that is in your mind, that's the person you should let them know. And take that as the spirit prompting you, the spirit leading you as far as that that was that name that popped in. But whoever that is, make sure that you communicate. I just want you to know that I'm grateful for you. No strings attached. What do you want? What do you need me to do? No strings attached. I just want you to know I'm grateful for you. And maybe that's the thing, is after you make your list of the things that you're grateful for to the Lord, then you just say, okay, God, who do I need to communicate this to? And whoever comes to mind, just start making a list of those names and then go back through and give them a call, give them an email, send them a text, whatever that might be. But be a person who is communicating grace. Because again, I am telling you, nothing is more powerful than just somebody knowing that you're grateful for them. Because what's the opposite of not hearing that? Not knowing where you stand with somebody. And when you communicate gratefulness, there's no doubt about the relationship that you have with somebody. Does that make sense? And so that empowers the person, that fills the person, but it's also going to provide huge blessing for you as well. We need to be thankful for others. And then the last thing we need to be thankful for the cross. 
thankful for God, thankful for others, and we want to be thankful for the cross. We're going to be uh, doing communion this morning. Um, it's referred to as the Eucharist. The Greek for that is real, I give thanks. It's based in thankfulness. It's being grateful. When we do communion, it's a celebration of thankfulness to God for the redemptive work of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 9, Thanks be to God for his, his inexpressible gift. We thank God for the reality of the cross, that we deserved that death, but Jesus took it on in our place. We deserved to be dying for our sins, but Jesus died in our place. Because of our sin, we're separated from God, but he made it possible for us to come back home to God. Because of his death, because of his resurrection, we can be called children of God. That is something we need to be grateful for. And so I'm going to have the ushers, if they could please pass out communion uh, right now. <coughs> Excuse me. And as they're passing it out, if you've never um, received communion with us before, they're going to pass by uh, a tray with some bread on it, and they're going to pass by a tray with some juice. Um, just hold both of them, and we're going to do communion in a moment. Uh, in the tray with the bread, there's a smaller tray that has gluten-free bread in it, so if you need that, uh, you'll be able to, uh, to take that. While they're passing that out, I want you to, um, um, I want to reread 1 Corinthians 15. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks, to be, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We always take a moment of quiet before we receive communion, just to be in prayer before the Lord, to um, receive word from him, uh, just through the Spirit's work, but also to be praying to him in light of what we've heard through his word. And so I'm just going to ask that you take this next couple of minutes and be grateful to God. Communicate to God your gratefulness for who he is, specifically who he is, for people in your life. Be grateful for the cross. Tell God right now all that you're thankful for, for him. And then once everybody has, uh, after a minute, everybody has their elements, we'll receive communion together. <laughs> 